Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome into the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I am your host, Pastor Kayla McCall. We have an, a, a big treat uh, for our listeners today. I'm excited about today's episode and, and what's fixing to take place and transpire. Uh, today I'm doing an interview with our Miriam House Director, Miss Tasha Hill. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm glad to be on today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. I know we're going to dive into a bunch of stuff and a couple of different topics that uh, I have picked out for us to talk about. And, you know, I just want to uh, start out by just honoring you. You know, I'm just very thankful um, that the Lord has connected uh, you with Kelsey and I and just running after the kingdom together. I know uh, we don't just work together, but we've become family. Um, and uh, I know your heart for the kingdom and and expansion and the job that you do with our ladies is phenomenal, incredible. And I'm just couldn't be more tickled with who the Lord has sent us when it comes to you being the director uh, of Miriam house. I know I told the, you know, when I first started BTB in 2018, I've shared this story with you a couple of different times, but you know, we were sending ladies all over the United States and sending them to teen challenges and, and sending them to different programs and, you know, people kept asking me, well, when, when are you going to start a women's program? You need to start a women's program. And I always said, I will never start a women's program. Not happening. Don't ask me. I ain't doing it. We'll keep helping ladies. Um, but I have no idea what I'm doing with ladies, of course. And so, no, never thought that that would be something um, that I would be doing. But the Lord started softening my heart in 2019. Um, and me and you had gotten connected together at a prayer meeting. We met at a prayer meeting with a mutual mm -hmm. friend of ours. We was discussing that just yesterday and, uh, you know, met each other and uh, hit it off. And, you know, you would come to the coffee shop and different events and different things. And I just felt like the Lord had kept us and our families connected. And, uh, you know, when I started it, I said, you know, okay, Lord, if you're calling me to do this, you're going to have to send me the help. You're going to have to send in the right person. And here you are today, and it's, you know, a couple years later, and uh, what what God has done and uh, used you in, I, I'm just thrilled, couldn't be more excited. Um, it's always great to see somebody operating in their gifting and their calling, and you're definitely doing that with Miriam House and these ladies. Very thankful for you and Ashley, our two staff members who, you know, launched uh, Miriam House. Y'all have done a phenomenal job. You've done a great job. Uh, with the ministry. And I think you're an even better person. So uh, I just, uh, I'm thankful for you, thankful for you. And, uh, you know, Tasha, our listeners, uh, I know you know you very well, but our listeners don't. So why don't we start today's episode, start today's show, and uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, how you grew up, share some of your testimony and how you came to the Lord. Okay. Um. I just want to say also, though, that I'm really thankful for you and Kelsey, too. And we are like family and I couldn't be under better leadership. And I just really love you guys and honor you, too. Awesome. Well, thank you. Praise God. Um, well, let me start with maybe when I was younger, but um, whatever I say, it's not to bring glory to the kingdom of darkness, but just really just show the extreme that the Lord has really brought me out of. It just glorified God. Yeah. And um, when I was when I was born, I 
was born to two addict parents. I was really born into a lot of dysfunction and a lot of brokenness, but they really just did the best that they could do too. Mm. But I was under extreme poverty. I was under a lot of violence, a lot of abuse, sexual, and um, just physical. And um, with my dad, he was in and out of prison for so much. And him and my mom fought, he would hurt her. But I had a um, aunt and an uncle that I would stay with a lot of the time and they would take me to church. But I was around this violence and this chaos and this madness. But I would also, you know, they would take me to the house of the Lord. But mm. and I really loved the Lord at a very young age. And um, I, I, I served God. I, I would go to, you know, everything Bible camp. I would go to my classes, remember my verses, get my candy, you know, those things. And I, I remember seeing my aunt, she would take me and I would see her just weeping and her hands raised. And I was like, mm. are you okay? Why are you crying? Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know it was the move of the spirit, but that, right. those are things that always stuck with me. But um, eventually I had uh, got took out of my mother's custody and my dad ended up dying in prison and I ended up getting into the custody of my aunt, my uncle when mm. I was about 10 years old. And um, I was in church way more than since I was in their custody and they were mm. leaders in the church. And about 12 years old, I remember going to a revival in Pensacola, Florida, the Brownsville Revival, and the Lord really woke me up in my spirit then, and I remember um, just being drawn to the altar at 12 years old. I just remember coming away, coming alive in my spirit, mm. and um, really got on fire for God, mm. but so I went home. I was going to church, serving the Lord, and within a year, you know, because the Lord knows when he wakes us up, the enemy sees it too, mm -hmm. so what people would think would be a teenage um episode or t uh, just like a teenage phase was actually mm. a spiritual attack against my life. Mm. Um, by the time I was 14 years old, I did drugs and lost my purity all in one day mm. by just hanging out with the wrong people. And mm. so for a long time, I was in church. I was hanging out with this guy at the same time, one foot in, one foot out mm. until eventually living my life, the enemy had a foothold on me. I, I just mm. it got such a hold on me that I began to change what I, how I talked, how I looked and was just enticed and drug in by the world. And so drugs started happening. Um, before I was uh, 17, I had my first child, 19, I had my first jail stay. Um, I missed my 17th birthday because I had a drug overdose. I was in, in I was unconscious for three days. Mm. So, you know, it just went just like that. And it spiraled that way mm. for 20 years, yeah. 20 years. I was yeah. in and out of jail been in and out of jail for over over 30 times and so mm. really I was just so used to that mm. and you so used to pain and so used to brokenness nothing mm. none of that loss ever bothered me anymore mm. and um along this way I had children and I would have children and I would have to let them go stay with someone else and even though when I was in jail or I would say to myself I want to do better mm. I don't want to be an absent mother like my mother was I don't mm. want to be a jail bird like my father was but because I didn't have any way to teach me and I was so wrapped up in the world and just so used to this dysfunction. I didn't know how to get out of it. Yeah. 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 And I, and I don't want to cut you off. I'll let you finish sharing some of that, but there's just so much there that, that we could, we could go into because I, I feel like that's such, so many people who are in active addiction, that's their story too. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand, like, sure, there, there's, you know, people that come from a good home um, that get caught up in addiction, they make mistakes. But for the most part, most of the people that we meet, most of the people that come into our program, 
with Miriam House and BTB, they come from families that are dealing with these issues. And, you know, uh, the world, I don't think they know how to sometimes look at it, but us in the body of Christ and people with spiritual eyes must understand these things because we have the scriptures. And what this is, it is generational curses. Yes, you know, exactly. I, I've I've had, I've got a whole episode on that. If if you're listening today and you want to go go deeper into that, we won't be able to dive into the whole thing today. But but uh, the scriptures are clear about generational curses and strongholds, and the enemy has been given liberty to function and to move and to traffic. That's what Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven says. I have this against you that you traffic. And you're going back and forth. And so the enemy does that. And he tries to choke uh, the life out of generations. Yes. Um, and I just I just wanted to touch on that for just a second, because I, I know that that sounded uh, uh, so much with what we deal with with individuals. And, you know, it takes a spiritual answer. It takes a spiritual solution for a spiritual problem, yes, you know, amen. which we'll get into here in just a second. Um, but man, the generational part of what you just described in your testimony and your story, I just want, you know, there might be people listening today that, that have never been in active addiction or maybe they're, you know, in a political realm or the court system or whatever. And I just want people to really understand that, you know, cause nobody wakes up and says, man, I want to be an addict when I grow up. I, I want to, I want to, you know, partake in this vicious cycle that's destroyed my family gen after generation after generation after generation. And so I want you to understand, if you're listening today, a lot of the people that are dealing with addiction issues and trauma issues and all of this, this junk too, because we deal with life controlling issues. This is not just about, you know, drugs and alcohol. I was talking, I was counseling one of our students today and I was like, you know, man, brother, this is about way more than your drug and alcohol problem. Because yes. you can see it. You ain't got no drugs or alcohol here in the program. And you can see you still got all these issues laid before you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just just to echo that again, you know, when when these folks you're coming across them, a lot of them are dealing with generational curses. But Tasha, yes. get back into your testimony a little bit. So you're you're in and out of jail. You you've had a couple of children now. You've been in out of jail. Where where are you at at this point in your life? Well, um, just like you were saying, I'm going to piggyback off what you said. A lot of that, it wasn't really the drugs and the alcohol that was the problem and the promiscuity. It wasn't that. It was my brokenness. Hmm. It was my rejection. It was not being able to be affirmed by my parents. It was um, abandonment. It was brokenheartedness that hmm. really... Um, was the root issues to all this because I was seeking mm. fulfillment and all these things. Yeah. Fulfillment, what we know only Jesus Christ can give us. Right. Healing, we know only Jesus Christ can give us. Mm. But I was running because all these things I'd walked through, all these this trauma I walked through that I never talked to anybody about that I didn't even realize was still a problem mm. because I made it through it. Right. But I just never dealt with the pain. Yeah. And that goes into root problems, <laughs> which is that those everything you just mentioned is a root problem. Yes. Drugs and alcohol are the surface issues. That's exactly. what we used to do to cope. That was a coping mechanism. That was how we numb the pain of all the trauma, all the, the things and the root issues and problems that we had in life. So, so now you're getting into root problems. Um, and, and that's what we do there at the ministry, uprooting uh, those issues and those problems. But go ahead. 
And so, you know, during this time, I would be in and out of jail. And like I said a few minutes ago, I did, I wanted to do better. I just didn't know how because mm-hmm. all these really problems were still here. Mm-hmm. I would get out. I would do well for a while. I would stay clean. Mm-hmm. But I was still so broken. I didn't know what to do. But um, so I went on like this for a while. I ended up having four children. And one went with his grandmother. The other three went with a lady that kept me when I was younger. Praise God for that. Yes. But um, I would I would be around my children. But the enemy had me so convinced that, hey, if you don't stay away from them, they're going to be just like you. So mm-hmm. I would stay away from my children because I didn't want them to be like me because I didn't know how to be any other way. But um, and so that went on for years and I was in and out of jail. But about 2016, um, the Lord met me in a jail cell. But I was wow. really living really hard. I was running with some people that you just can't walk away from. I was making a lot of money. And in my mind, I was convinced if I make this money, I can provide for my children. I'm doing okay. I, I was just deceived and right. talking myself into my addiction. Mm-hmm. But um, so during that time, but just I was so miserable. I was so broken. I couldn't make it out of my house. No matter how much money I had, no matter what I had, I was mm-hmm. so miserable. And I actually did less drugs. But I was mm-hmm. just so just broken. But I had um, the warfare was crazy. Mm-hmm. I ended up just I was ended up I guess manifesting exactly exactly. I didn't I didn't know if I should get into that yet. But manifesting yeah. is what I was doing. Um, and if I didn't live through demonic uh, possession, I'm gonna say if I didn't live through demonic possession and oppression, I wouldn't believe it today. But mm-hmm. I believe God used all this that I walked through to help these ladies that we see come in. But mm-hmm. you know. Let me skip back to when I was younger. But when I was younger, I um, I began to play with Ouija boards. I began to mm. call spirits, light candles, looking mm. for my father, calling out to my father's spirit. And mm. these spirits began to speak to me. And I thought it was my dead father all these years. Mm. Things, wild things would happen when I was around. Cabinets would open and shut. Life would flicker off. I mean, by their self. Mm. Then I ended up manifesting. I would lose blocks of my time and I would cut myself. Mm. And then I'd come. And I'd car- carve words like hate into my body parts. I mean, mm. all over myself. Mm. And I would lose time. and didn't know I was doing it. I'll, even at a young age, I would astral project out of my body and see myself. And most of the time when I was angry, I had a very angry, violent problem. But I would mm. see myself and my body would fully manifest with this demon. And I couldn't stop myself. But then I'd come back into myself. And this happened mm. all my life. Wow. And so... I just didn't know what it was. I was like, you know, didn't, I didn't talk to me about it. Who can mm-hmm. talk to you about those things? But, um, so I had these doors open to, to mm-hmm. demons yeah. and so all my life. And mm-hmm. so about 2016, like I was saying, I started fully manifesting, leaving blocks of my time. I didn't know what I was doing for large blocks of time wow. until, um, I got into it with this man that I thought was going to rob me. You know, I sold drugs mm-hmm. and, um, I almost shot this man. You know, mm. I had a pistol. I was crazy. I was walking up to people, saying stuff to people. I didn't know what I was talking about. But this demon in me was speaking demonic prophecies. I was speaking in these people's lives. I'd walk up to strangers with this pistol in my pocket, saying all kind of stuff. And mm. I didn't know what I was talking about, but they would. It was speaking things into their life. And I feel like this demon was trying to get me killed or me to kill yeah. myself. So in 2016, yeah, it's a lot. Now, hold on, hold on. We got, I got to, I got to stop you because we got to talk about this for a second because you want to know what the world will look at that. The world wants to look at that and say, ah, she's just all mad. She's hot. She's doing, Mm -hmm. this is spiritual y'all. This, this absolutely what she's talking about is a spiritual 
thing. This is a spiritual issue. I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves and we can, we'll, we'll loop it all in together. But I mean, you're manifesting and you're admitting this. You, you have, you're openly talking about this. This is your story. This is your testimony. This is what God has delivered you from the power Mm -hmm. of the Holy ghost. People is still real, still alive and well without the power of the Holy ghost is supernatural deliverance, which she's going to get to here in a minute. She is still demonically possessed, speaking demonic prophetic things into, into people's lives from this oppression and possible possession, obviously, you know, with the astro projection stuff, the Ouija board, you had opened yourself up to these things. Yeah, That's another thing nobody wants to talk about either. It's like when we see people man actually manifesting, like for real manifesting, I'm talking in the scriptures, demonic possession. People are scared to talk about this stuff, but it's real. It's alive and well today. You know, we'll get into more here in just a second. We, we see it, you know, we've seen it before with our ministry as well. And it's because people open the door. That's exactly When you open the door for the enemy, he has full reign and liberty to do what it is that he wants to do with you because you have given him liberty and permission to be there. And then it takes supernatural deliverance. So I just wanted to say that too, and just kind of chime in there for people to understand, like you're an individual who was out there in the streets, living this lifestyle that you're living and you are openly admitting to, you know, and you knew that you were demonically oppressed, possessed, whatever, and you're manifesting and doing these things. And it shows that this addiction, that this, the spirit of addiction, it is a spiritual thing, very yes. spiritual. So, so you're dealing with all this stuff. You have the guy uh, that you thought was going to rob you. And this is how you ended up. And I believe I remember in the, the testimony now, but this is with that situation. This is where you ended up in jail, where you have the encounter with Jesus, right? Yes. Okay. Tell um, us about that. Well, whenever me and this man got into it, I, I couldn't do it, but I just could tell just, it was so, the atmosphere was so crazy. I could feel it so thick. I could imagine it in the heavenlies, the warfare that was over my, my head at that very moment, but I couldn't do it. So I went home and I remember sitting in my apartment just crying and I cried out to the Lord. I said, God, help me. This isn't the way my life is supposed to be. I never meant for it to be this way, God. Mm. And I just fell asleep. Didn't know why I'd activated in the spirit realm, you know, in Romans 10, it says, whoever calls out to the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's what I'd activated. And when the next three weeks, everything got so crazy that it even, but it's really, you know how it is when the Lord wants to bring you to a place, it may not look the way you think it should. Right, right. So here I go. Um, Next three weeks, I really had lost my mind and I jumped on my motorcycle and I was driving to, just driving on the interstate, driving to this Jasper, Tennessee, and I ended up getting the ATF jumps out on me and arrests me for public intoxication. I'm like, what in the world? So I go to this jail and uh, I'm in there. And when I walk in here, this woman, she just looks like somebody's sweet little old grandmother is sitting there and she calls me by my name. She says, Tasha, you've got to go home and take care of your children. And I was just wild. I cussed like a sailor at that time. I was messy. And I said, ma'am, you don't know who I am and you don't know anything about me but then she persisted to tell me things about me that only the Lord knew about me and she looked through my messiness she looked through my 
anger. She looked through that stuff and she still began to speak to me and speak the word of the Lord into me. And she said, you have to go home. you got to cry out to the Lord and ask him for the things that you need. And so that broke me at that very moment. And I just began to weep. And I just felt like the spirit of truth came over me in such a way that I, she began to talk to me and pray with me. And I could hear, I could hear the truth. And all of a sudden, it's like the Lord right there. I was like, oh, my goodness. This isn't my parents' fault. Mm. This isn't the, the police's fault. This isn't DCS's fault for taking my kids. It's my fault. I had mm. a choice. Mm. No matter what I walked through, I, I had a choice. And sometimes, you know how it is in our addiction, it's yeah. everybody else but us. Oh, yeah. But, you yeah. know, the Lord overwhelmed me in such a way that day he, I encountered the spirit of truth. And I had another encounter right after that. I fell asleep. Hold, hold I, on. Who was this lady? It, you know, was she in her the name jail? Was Judy Perkins. I, she was in this jail, but was I, she, she working a, there or she was? No, uh, she was, was she, in the cell. She was in the cell with you, and mm -hmm. God used her to just start speaking all this stuff into your life. Wow, yes. wow. Hey, yeah. the, the crazy thing about it is, they let me take her out of the jail with me. She, hey, she was a real person. Okay, but, <laughs> but I, I thought was you like, was talking to me. angels, like, girl. So she was a real person. She winds up leaving the jail with you. Yes. I ended up because they, they had bonded her out, listen. bonded her out. You and her bond no. out. They just let what you happened go. Was, uh, she was in there and she, I didn't know, but she was waiting to get to, to mosque me. And they said she was crazy too, but mm. I'll go into something else. But, uh, you know, cause they thought I was yeah. in psychosis, Yeah. but I'm just in warfare really. And manifesting. <laughs> but, um, you know, while we're in there, the spirit realm opens up and I don't know what's going on I, after this, her and I can only hear the things that's going on. Her and I can only see the things that's going on, but I hear singing and I'm like, what is that? And she starts giggling and she says, honey, that's the Holy spirit. And I was like, are we dead? Is this even real? <laughs> but, but it, God just came in through in such a way, but there's so much that he taught me in that moment. I don't want to get into all that. But it's just been, uh, it was a very, very much supernatural experience. But I needed him to come into my life that way because mm -hmm. I was so broken. I didn't think I could turn around. And he mm -hmm. rescued me that day. Yeah. But um, wow. But everything that I ever, you know, I even felt every sin. I didn't realize it. But everything that I had ever walked through that day, I could feel the weight of the sin mm -hmm. and the weight of the heaviness. And I could feel the Lord, you know, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I never meant for it to be this way. I never meant for any of this to happen, but then I felt the love of God just wash over me and it lift off me and I was truly free mm. for the first time. And so wow. after this experience, I leave the jail and I try to put some money on that lady's books is what happened. Yeah. And, um, and they wouldn't, they said, oh, she's not, she's not booked in because we're waiting to send her off somewhere. And I said, you can't hold people against their will. So they ended up letting this lady leave with me. I put her in a hotel last time I seen her. Wow. Yeah. But after this encounter, um, I'm so awake in my spirit that I got leave here listening to the same gangster rap music I used to listen to, but I couldn't listen to it anymore. Mm. Wearing go I go back to put on the same clothes I used to wear, but then I'm like, I just don't feel comfortable wearing this anymore. Mm. And the Lord began to minister to me his spirit and began to teach me things before I was even able to get in the word, teach right. me things by his spirit. Yeah. And um I was still very much manifesting i still had this demonic issue going on mm -hmm. and i didn't realize it but i ended up it horrified me in such a way you know um 
it drove me to churches. It drove me to, to people. And I realized, hey, this is a demon. This is demonic. Mm-hmm. And so, because I was playing off drugs. You were being tormented at that point. Yeah. The enemy not clean. trying to let go. You were clean yes. and sober. The enemy that you had given liberty to operate in your life. Now that you've had this encounter with God, you're wanting to change and you want to follow God. But this enemy is just constantly tormenting you and attacking you. And you're drawn to churches. What happens then? And so I go to these churches and some people, you know, shoot me off because I was messy, Mm -hmm. you know, and with the very place I needed to go get help from, people rejected me because they Mm -hmm. didn't know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. But um, I went to this little church, and there, this whole congregation got up and laid hands on me and began to pray. But and I began to spin the wheat, but it broke off me. And because this man, at, I had went to a fall festival, and I said, "Sir, can you help me? There's something wrong with me, and I, I think I'm possessed. I think it's the devil." And he said, "Have you ever, um, have you been praying?" I said, "Yes, I've been praying." He said, "Have you been praying to Jesus?" And I was like, "No." No, I didn't know there was a difference, but he began to pray. The sinners prayed with me in that parking lot and prayed, you know, pray in the name of Jesus. But then after this, I started praying in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and it was like somebody hit a light switch. And Come that's on. why I know there's power in that name. Yes. Yeah. There's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. Mm-hmm. You're not going to cast out devils. You're not going to prophesy in no other name, but the name of Jesus. Right. And and now right. so you have this encounter with the name of Jesus. You have this this revelation that the name at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So now this devil, this demons that are tormenting you are having to bow to the name of Jesus. So you go through this deliverance process. Now, you know, God is, is you're, you're starting uh, to gain some traction. You're clean and you're sober, uh, which will get us into when, when me and you met at that prayer meeting, um, how, how far removed were you from that then? I think you were two or three years removed from that. Two, uh, about two, two and a half because, um, yeah, about two and a half. It's 2000, 2018, whenever I first came to, uh, that prayer meeting, but okay. I've been there for a while, but I know we spoke about a marrying house late 2018. Was that right? Mm-hmm. I think it was 2019. Yeah. yeah. 2019. Yeah. So a year, even a year after we had met year, year and a half after we had met, because I don't believe it was till the summer of 2019 that the Lord really began to soften my heart. And then we launched Miriam house in April of 2020 in the middle of a global pandemic, by the way, Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) you know, the Lord's hand is on your ministry. When you launch it in the middle of a global pandemic, one of the craziest times on the face of the earth, I believe. And God has just, just really blessed us. So, so let's dive into that. Cause I got just a few more things I want to talk to you about, but you know, so we met at that prayer meeting in 2018, we stayed connected. We would see each other at services. Mm-hmm. We would be at different events together. And it was just like the Lord was correlating some things. I remember running into you again at the doc, the eye doctor's office that you yes. had worked at. You were managing an eye doctor office, wasn't in full-time ministry yet but just being faithful to the Lord, being faithful to the dream and the vision that God had placed on the inside of you. I don't want to tell your story or side of it, but I do know this, that, you know, God had begun to speak to you about taking women in. And you were like, I I don't care if I got to put trailers up in my property on the backyard, I'm going to put something that we're going to start taking in women, whatever. And uh, you had this dream or vision. 
And God was already speaking to me at that time. You had started going, doing some training with a great mm-hmm. friend of ours, Miss Sarah Myers, Invitation Ministries. Shout out to Sarah, Sarah Myers. Yes, Invitation <laughs> Ministries. We love you guys. I got to get her on the show. Maybe I can do that soon. Um, and so you're already doing all this training and God starts to speak to me about you and uh, bringing you on with the vision of Miriam House. Because like I said, I, I knew that I needed help. I wasn't going to you know, be the on-site person and running a day-to-day show with a women's ministry. Um, and so this is, you know, summer of 2019, COVID hits, COVID hits. We don't even have enough money. We're starting and launching the ministry. We meet, we make the decision. You're going to be the director. We have no money. We have no place. We have no place, no money, no nothing, but we come into agreement together. Come on somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost all over this. Because when you come into agreement with a vision and you get behind the vision of something that God has his hand on, my goodness, will he provide? You ain't got to worry about the resources. If it's his will, it's his bill. Come on, somebody. I mean, and so God begins to connect all these things. I remember meeting with you at Jehovah Java. Uh, We Mm -hmm. have this meeting. We talk about our future, what we're going to do. COVID-19 just wrecks the world by February of 2020. Everything shut down. And, um, and, uh, we just still had this vision, still had this heart, you know, didn't have anybody to pay you. I think the, uh, any money to pay you, the Lord used that whole, the COVID relief bill. We were, you were able to get a little bit of money. The doctor's office shuts down with a crazy situation. Um, and, and you're just free. You have, you know, you're, you had some, some, a little bit of money to run on and to build the ministry up. And so we launched uh, Miriam House in April of 2020, and you stepped into that role there as director. We had Miss Ashley Tremune, wonderful, wonderful uh, woman of God, love her to death. And you and her have been running together since the beginning. She's been like our house mom, uh, living there with the ladies. Our structure of our program is to have staff members to live with them, and and uh, there'll be a high level of accountability, a high level of structure uh, Miriam house model based off BTB first, second, and third phase, uh, first and second phase, they're doing work one day, class, the next work one day, class, the next. And then in third phase, they have the option of doing student leader program, which is basically an internship, or they can do reentry, which is where we get them a job in the community, help them build a resume, balance a checkbook, saving money, doing all the things, uh, that, that our people need to learn how to do. Right. And so, uh, you know, you come into this director position, you didn't go through a program and you had a supernatural deliverance. Right. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We, and, and I don't knock 12 steps, you know, Hey, if, if 12 steps is working for you, bless God, but there is this such thing called the one step program. Hey, surrender to Jesus, be discipled, let him work out the rest, follow the Holy spirit. Right. We complicate things especially here in America in our time and our day and age, we always overthink things. We're over, over, over analyzing and complicating things. Look, surrender your life to Jesus, get filled with the Holy ghost, walk and do life with people who can disciple you and teach you and mentor you. And the rest will work itself out. You're going to make mistakes across the, you know, in, in the way, you know, you're, you're going to hit some potholes here and there on the road uh, to recovery, but the road to recovery ends on a street called redeemed. Yes. Amen. Amen. And, and so 
uh, you you take on the director position. Uh, you've done a phenomenal job. You've sat underneath me, and we I trained you in how to be a director. We we went through different things. We're still doing that. You know, you're still right. learning and growing and things like that. Hey, I'm still learning and growing. Come on, you know, three years into this thing, uh, and thank God for my mentors and leaders who speak into my life, who've been doing this type of ministry for 20, 35 years. One of my spiritual fathers, shout, shout out, uh, Pastor Mike Zello, Executive Director of uh, North Central Virginia um, Teen Challenge, 35 years in Teen Challenge. You know, uh, I love being able to glean off of individuals like that. And then you get to glean off of me, who's gleaning off of individuals like that. So it it's all worked out and God has has done that. Let me ask you this question. Being the director of Miriam House, is this is it what you thought it would be directing a faith-based recovery center um, like what you're doing now? No. Uh, <laughs> it's a loaded, <laughs> loaded question, it, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's okay. Well, when I thought coming to this, I was like, yay, we're going to get to worship with these women and pour into them. It's going to be butterflies and rainbows. Woo! But to be honest, the first few weeks, I went home and cried my eyes yeah. out. I yeah. said, Lord, is this really what you called me to? Because mm. we have some women in here breaking down. We had, a, you know, just some, it was rough. Some people coming out yeah. of their mess, right out of trauma. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, you know how it is. Mm. And I'm like, wow, God, it was raw. And yeah. I went home and cried and prayed over the weekend and God told me, Tasha, I didn't say it was going to be easy, mm. but I did call you to this, but I'm going to be with you, which was good mm. because it showed, it made me and it yeah. still makes yeah. us be totally dependent on God. And through right. each situation and each person, we really are case, each case basis, which is case each woman individual yeah. need, yeah. you know? And so mm. it really showed me, no, I don't got this. Mm. God's got this though, That's right. but it, yeah. it wasn't, but um, it's been, it's, you know, it's, you know, they come into their mess, but we climb down in there with them and show them, mm -hmm. hey, we've been out. We're going to get you out, too, through the power of the That's Holy right. Ghost, That's through right. the blood of Jesus. And yeah. so um, we just really walk with these women until they're able to trust and love on them, until they're able to trust the loving God that they can't yeah. see. You know, so it's yeah. it's been really amazing. Really, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. This is mm -hmm. truly my purpose. and I'm thankful yeah. to be able to do it. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, so many people look at what we do and they're like, oh, that's wonderful. They see the graduations or they see the, uh, you know, the testimony night at their church. And it's like, man, wouldn't that be wonderful to do? And of course it is. And it and it would be wonderful for everybody to do. But this is a calling. This ain't something that you just, you know, oh, I see this happening. This looks pretty awesome. I think I'll go do it, you know. It, it definitely takes a calling. It takes uh, an anointing. I really truly believe that uh, with all my heart that it that the Lord has anointed individuals. And it's just yeah. like the story of Moses, right? God anointed Moses to go back into Egypt and to deliver those in bondage. Why? Because that's where he came from. Yeah, he had a history there. He had a history there, right? And so... Uh, I'm just a firm believer in the anointing of the Holy Ghost for this uh, position. And you definitely have that. You carry that authority to work in the recovery community. Um, and, you know, the supernatural deliverance like you have, ha like you had, you carry that authority and anointing mm -hmm. to operate in supernatural deliverance and, uh, you know, supernatural healing with our yes. students, which kind of gets us into our next question here, too, because you know, when it comes to really being changed, 
really being pulled out of addiction. Because there's a lot of people that go through programs, but they ain't fully changed. But to really get delivered, to really get healed, to really be set free, wouldn't you agree um, that this is a spiritual issue that takes deliverance and something else that you believe too? Talk about that a little bit. Yes, it's very much a spiritual issue. Um, Because, you know, like we were talking about earlier, how I'd open myself up. I'd open myself up to demons by sorcery, which is pharmacia, which is these drugs that we take in. It's right. just concoctions. Yeah. Potions, powders. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those sexual encounters and just different things. We don't realize that we open up and those my, those portals in our minds, are, they're mm-hmm. still open. And we yeah. have those doors that demons can torment us from. Yeah. But, you know, and even our thought patterns, even mm-hmm. things that we think, give the enemy access to us until we're ready to shut the door until we're ready to agree with God on some of those things. But, um, it's also a, an emotional issue. Like we see a lot of these women come in. Some of them need deliverance. We have to walk through there and demonize, yeah. but not as many as need emotional, mm-hmm. deliverance, emotional right. healing, inner healing. healing, inner but, healing yeah. um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what I need a lot of just like the woman at the well, whenever mm-hmm. she came, People don't see this a lot, but really deep down, the Lord Jesus, he he had the hard conversations with her. And that's what mm-hmm. we do here with these ladies. We have the hard conversations. We we watch and we speak to whatever it is. We speak to the shame. We speak to the rejection, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And those doors and the, those bondages begin to come become unlocked. Just like that day at the well when that woman met Jesus, he spoke to those things. And she, she experienced emotional deliverance that day. It's really yeah. what that was. She received her healing that day. First, first woman evangelist for all you folks that don't believe in women preachers. Yes. You know, she ran back into the city. Took you the know, region. Oh, yeah. And, and she goes, I love this too. She goes back to the men, the Bible said. True. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. She goes back into the area where she had the biggest stronghold and the biggest problem. And she goes to the men and she says, come look and, and see the man who told me everything about my life, who is the most man. Come on. That right there just gets me fired up because that's what we're doing here. Right. That's what we're doing here. Me and you have been delivered from this lifestyle. We're going right back into the problem area that God delivered us from. And we're seeing these things. You're right, too. We have seen the demonized. We have seen people that need deliverance. But most of the time, I'm in complete agreement with you. These are some inner healing issues. Mm -hmm. These these are things that just need to be spoke to, that life needs to be spoken over them, uh, encouragement, prophesied over. Mm -hmm. So many people think uh, uh, prophecies about telling future events. uh, There's obviously a aspect of that to it, but prophesying into somebody's life, it's edification, it's encouragement, and we're lifting the individual up and calling them to a higher level. So, you know, we, we do all of those things with these individuals and we speak life over them. We speak Jesus. We teach Jesus to them. You touched on it a second ago with the renewing of the mind. Look, I knew when I got to teen challenge, that God had given me a new heart. Cause when they told me to go mop the floor, I kept my mouth shut, didn't cuss them out and tell them, go do it themselves. Right. <laughs> God had given me a new heart, but I needed to renew my mind, which that's what comes into with the discipleship process of what mm-hmm. we do at PTB and Miriam house, doing life with them, helping them get to a place of renewing their mind. Of course, the only way to renew the mind is with the word of God, yes. uh, with the word of God. That's why our students get into so much with 
uh, the word of God, the discipleship process, as far as our biblical classes, counseling, teaching of the word of God. And of course, our church partnerships are just a big part of what we do with that because they're getting the word, they're being taught the word, which in return will help them to renew their mind. Tasha, we've, we've talked about a, a whole topic of things, uh, and, you know, we're getting close to the, uh, to the time to shut down. Uh, I could do this all day, man. We, we've, we've really flowed together. We might have to get you back on for this. But I just want to talk real quick as we close out here. You know, talk about the atmosphere of Miriam House and, and what you feel like is, you know, that the best atmosphere for these ladies to heal, for these ladies to recover, for these ladies to just be introduced to the gospel. What, what kind of atmosphere, what kind of house are you running there with Miriam house? Well, really, um, you know, it's the loving kindness of God that brings people to repentance. Come on. So that, that's really what we, we want to pour into here. Cause we pour in love. We love them just like they are. Cause we got to see them through the lens of love. Cause sometimes when it's hard days, when people are bucking against you and you're trying mm-hmm. to help them, you got to see them through the eyes of God. Right. And so we try to do that. we let people, we give them their space, but we, we speak the word. We, mm-hmm. we stand on the word and we, you know, address their dysfunctions, but we give them space. We introduce mm-hmm. them to Jesus. We get them in these spiritual atmospheres. We worship a lot, yes. but we, we love on them until they're at a place that they can feel open enough to start healing and start growing. Mm-hmm. But it begins to happen. The yeah. Holy Ghost just passes work through sanctification, but we just love them and just um, are here for them. And when they're ready to open up, they do those things. And plus the, yeah. the Lord will drop things in our spirit. Just like you said, and we prophesy mm-hmm. and we speak whatever the God gives us for them. And we just see things just break, breaking off and just mm-hmm. emotional deliverances. And just from day to day and week to week, we can really see them moving yeah. from glory to glory, level to level. And yes. so it's just been beautiful. Yeah. We just love them, yeah. really. Yeah, that's incredible. I think, too, another great way to describe that is Miriam House has a nurturing environment, right? Exactly. Where these mm-hmm. ladies are able to come in, they're able to heal they get in the presence of God and, and they're washed clean by the reading of the word. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a, I, I know it to be a nurturing environment where these ladies are loved on. They're taught Jesus. And, and my goodness, when you got love and you got Jesus in an equation, you have a recipe for just just renewal. You have a recipe for revival. Yes. You have a recipe for healing. You have a recipe for restoration. Um, and that's what we're getting to accomplish there at Miriam House. So, Tasha, I just want to say it again. Or do you have something that you wanted to share? Oh, I was just going to say, I just came to my mind because yeah. people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Until you can love on them and they feel like they want to open up to you. But we've seen that. So yeah. it's been good. Yeah. Uh, you know, to echo what you're saying there, too, rules without relationship will always equal rebellion. Yes. Rules without relationship will always equal rebellion. It's no secret. We're very, very structured. It's a nice way of saying we're strict. We we, <laughs> we don't, we're not, um, we're, we're unapologetically structured and strict because that's what people coming out of addiction need. We yes. never had that before. Most of us in our life, that structured discipline. Um, so we're unapologetically that, but without the relationship and the love, it will always equal rebellion. They yes. have to know that you care about them for them to ever receive from you. So I, I thank you that you and Ashley are doing that there at Miriam House. And like I said earlier, me and Kelsey could not be more tickled that you are our director and the job that you are doing. 
is just phenomenal. We love you and very, very thankful for you and the work that you're doing there at Miriam House. And uh, just thank you for it. Tasha, I would ask that you just lead us in a quick prayer for our listeners today. You know, maybe pray uh, for people that might be listening, wanting to get out of the lifestyle of addiction. Maybe pray for some parents who feel like they've lost hope with their kids um, being there in addiction. And let's just go to the throne room just for a couple of seconds here, a couple minutes, whatever, and just pray and uh, let the Lord come in. And then I'll close out the, today's show. Okay. Amen. Go ahead. Lord, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for this time together, Lord. And I just, we just praise you for everything that you've done, God. And I know that you are no respecter of persons. What you do for one, you will do for another, Lord. And I know that you are known for binding up broken hearts and setting captives free. So, Father, I ask for hope to arise today. For anybody that is listening on here, Lord God, that is struggling and feels like they've gone too far and that they can never turn back. Lord, I ask that you just pour your love out on them, Lord, and help them turn this very moment, Lord, and turn to you and call out to you, Lord God, no matter what kind of mess they're in, because it's not us, it's not how we can get it together and come to you, it's you, Jesus, that helps us get clean, that helps us get it together, Lord God, and I thank you, Lord, just pour your love out on every listener here today, Lord Father, and God, I, I just pray over family members that are struggling, and they don't know what to do, and they don't know how to help their family, God, I ask that you give them wisdom at this time and that you help them lord help them speak life into those situations and not speak death over it not say things like well i'm just waiting to get a phone call that they're dead lord Mm. god help us not say that lord help us speak life lord and um lord i ask that you send people to the left and to the right to minister to these families and um, show them who they can reach out to lord even miriam house be the bush or any other programs god just open up some places and send people to speak into their life that can help them lord god and just um bless everybody that's listening today lord and i speak peace over every person that's listening today in jesus name amen amen thank you miss tasha Thank y'all for tuning in on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. Don't miss out. New episodes, new interviews, new content coming out. I apologize. We hadn't had some new content in the last couple of weeks. Been dealing with uh, some things and going through some spiritual battles, but the Lord is good. He's been faithful um, and he's going to continue to expand and bless the ministry of Be the Bush and Miriam House. And we're looking forward to this year in 2022, looking forward to what's going to take place on the podcast and the show this year. Um, So tune in, uh, looking at new episodes coming out on Wednesdays in the new year. A lot of interviews coming up this year. We're going to talk a lot of recovery. I'm going to preach. I'm going to teach. So just make sure you tune in. Thank you for your support. If you want to become a partner with Be The Bush or Miriam House, you can go to bethebushministries.com. Or you can go to miriamhouse.com. We're always needing monthly partners to continue in the work uh, that God has called us to do. So if you want to join in the partnership of this ministry, you can do so. Look, not everybody can do what me and Tasha can do and be where we can be and do what we do or have the background that we do. But you can be a part of it by sowing into the to the ministry, sowing a seed and being a part of one of the greatest harvests, because I believe there's a great revival coming to the recovery community. And we're going to be the ones leading the way because Jesus says those who've been forgiven much love much. And those who love much can make a difference in the world. Amen. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the recovery to recover podcast. 
If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.